0: Well, I want to add my Merry Christmas to Annika's as well. Merry Christmas. Yeah, that's pretty good. And I'll take it. And, um, and I want to add my welcome to Todd's as well. It's really good to be together tonight. It's good to be together with our normal regular church family who gathers here every weekend and a whole bunch of visitors I met coming in on the way in as well. I hope you have a great night with us. And also friends who've moved up the coast and other places who are with us tonight as well. So it's so good to be together tonight as we sit under the Word of God. And so... Let me pray, and then we'll have a look at it together uh, in a minute. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, thank you so much for this moment right now. As we anticipate Christmas in a few short hours, Lord, uh, we we thank you for the excitement of that, the joy of that. And Father, we, we thank you as well for your good word to us, which brings such good news as we open it. And so, Father, please open our eyes to see the goodness of this news tonight. Uh, and, and I pray that it would be a thing that stirs us, blesses us, uh, and, and causes us to love you more. Amen. Well, you can spot Christmas coming a mile off, can't you? Every year that slow build-up that kind of ticks away once you hit December 1... And right now we're like maximum build up because it's a couple of hours before Christmas. But it it starts slow, doesn't it? December 1 ticks over and then you're allowed to put your tree up. Did anyone put their tree up before December 1? A few of you guys, you sickos, far out. No, you got to wait to December and then lights start popping up on all the houses around you. uh air and Affair does get terrible as people have already mentioned. Uh, you can feel the Christmas expectations going, starting to tick up and tick up and tick up. I don't think Lucy's here tonight, but Lucy, she starts wearing her Christmas swag. So you know that it's December when she's wearing her weird sweaters and stuff like that. If you don't know Lucy, she's the most, she is Christmas basically. Uh, and, and, the, and the Christmas vibe gets into a full swag it keeps building and building and building until this moment in the month of December when this happens. Check it up on the screen. Milk with a used by date that's after Christmas and this happened to me about a week ago and you're like, it's on now. Look at that. That that happens to me a bit in life. Sometimes like, oh, that's after my birthday or that's after whatever. Anyway, (laughs) milk is a good important part of my life for keeping track of things. Uh, But here we are tonight At the absolute peak of Christmas anticipation, Christmas expectations, it's what, 9.30? It is 9.30, Christmas Eve, here we are, everyone's revved up, it's so good, what's going to happen tomorrow? Bam, (laughs) it'll be done. It'll be over in a a few short hours, the day will be done. It's actually pretty hard, I think. For Christmas to live up to the expectations that we build up to each year I wonder if for many of us sometimes it can feel like Christmas itself the day can easily feel a little bit like a letdown now here's the thing I want us to think about tonight what about the first Christmas the one we've just been reading about in the Bible here the one that we've been singing some carols about that we'll sing some more about in a little bit there is some serious hype some serious expectation serious hope around the first ever christmas here's some of the claims laid out in in some of the carols we've been singing or we will sing joy to the world joyful all the nations rise light and life to all he brings peace on earth that's a picture of worldwide international joy at this at this day joy that spreads across the globe it's it's an incredible picture in these carols i don't know if did anyone see the streets of argentina after they won the world cup this year there's drone footage there's pictures like that going around in the news it was nuts it was like a human soup of just ecstatic joy as just i don't know how many people but a lot of people took to the streets and just went nuts full of joy because they won the world cup Well, the kind of things being talked about in these carols when it says joy to the world, the picture you get is that, but feeling every city and every country all over the globe, a world that's just brimming with joy over the birth of this baby. And not only that, the, the carols, they say things like, with Jesus comes... Peace on earth, now that's a pretty big claim, the only other people who make that claim is Miss Universe each year, that's a really big thing to be shooting for. The first Christmas is such a big deal that the carols talk about creation itself getting behind it, let all their songs employ while fields and floods and rocks and hills and plains and heaven and nature sing now that's all picture imagery words of course but there's this idea of the whole even creation itself crying out in joy because of the first christmas the birth of this child later on tonight we'll sing oh holy night just so you know it's gonna it's gonna happen a thrill of hope a weary world rejoices for yonder break soon comes a new and glorious morning The claim is that after this first Christmas, nothing will be the same again. It'll be a new morning for the whole world. And so the question is, is this first Christmas, the one that all this is about, is it really that huge? Is it really that cataclysmic, world-altering, life-changing, peace on earth, giving a whole new horizon for mankind? Is it really all that it's cracked up to be? Is it possible that the first Christmas is just a little bit overrated? Well, the passage in front of us tonight says no. As we plumb the depths of what that first Christmas was all about, what we're going to see is that this is a huge moment for our world. Unlike anything that has ever happened, this is a momentous moment. It's far from a letdown. Here's the first thing you see in this passage as you open up there in front of you, you see the promise of Christmas. So this first Christmas, talk about waiting for a while for the build-up, this was a long time coming. This whole chapter in front of us here is full of all sorts of expectation. The whole Old Testament is looking forward to this moment in fact just in your bibles if you flick back everything before this bit here has been building up to this moment have a look at verse 18 it's kind of the heading for this whole section it says this is how the birth of jesus the messiah came about and so straight away just from the heading there you get that this is a really big deal this is the moment when the messiah the savior came into the world this is what the world has been waiting for now, how does it go down? Well, it starts off with a little bit of an awkward, kind of sketchy pregnancy. Have a look at 18 again. Here's how it went about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, read, before they had sex, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose it to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. It says there that Joseph and Mary are engaged. They're not yet married, uh, but in that context, it meant they hadn't had sex yet, but this was a serious public commitment had already been made for them. And so to break it off would be a big deal. It actually required a divorce to break off this engagement. Now, we know what Joseph doesn't know. We, as the readers, know what's going on. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit, by a miracle of God himself. But Joseph, well... He doesn't know what's going on, and he's assumed that she's cheated on him. And so he's going to break it off with her quietly for her sake. Uh, but look at verse 20, massive plot twist. Look at verse 20. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, we knew we saw this coming, but that is a huge plot twist Uh, we're used to this story it's a familiar um historical thing being described here an account uh but this would have been a really really weird night for joseph wouldn't it that's an understatement but did you notice the first hint there of the promise of christmas that's mentioned he addressed the angel says joseph son of david now, in fact, we saw the prophecy from Isaiah 9, I think it was up on the screen. Um, but the fact that he is a descendant, the son of David, King David from the Bible, well, is a really big deal. In the words of Ron Burgundy, it's kind of a, he's kind of a really big deal. Uh, 2, 2 Samuel chapter 7, God promises David that after him will come a king in his line, a descendant of David, who will be this eternal king, a king that will suffer, but he'll be perfect. And we begin, we, we begin to get glimpses here in this passage that this night in Bethlehem was a long time coming. It was promised long ago. But verse 22, well, it shows us the full scale of these promises. So have a look at verse 22 there. It says, <clears throat> All these events took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the same prophet Isaiah. And here it is. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Immanuel. So this child born in a dingy shed that night, well, he's the fulfillment of prophecy. Now, that sounds a little bit kind of sci-fi to us, doesn't it? A little bit like something out of a movie, Harry Potter, The Chosen One or something like that. But in all seriousness, this is the fulfillment of prophecy that happened long ago. Um, the words that yeah you got them them there up on the screen these are the words of the prophet Isaiah that was written and said on our video 700 years before Jesus turned up in our planet therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and you were to call him Emmanuel you can just google that yourself but it's a historical fact that those words were said and then written down more than 700 years before Jesus was born and so as sci-fi as it sounds, this child was expected, he was prophesied about. The world was waiting for his arrival. You talk about a long build-up to Christmas. We have a month where you start getting out your lights and your trees and the sickos do that even earlier, but, but a month is nothing. The first Christmas, they waited for it for hundreds of years. And in fact, not just hundreds of years, understood rightly... Christmas is the culmination of all human history. If there really is a God who rules over everything, well then the claim of the Bible is that this small child born in a shed full of animals is the destination of all human history, where it's all been headed. For those those that had the eyes of faith to see it, generations had come and gone waiting for the arrival of this one. This is the most momentous thing that has ever happened in our dark little world. Now, why? what's all the fuss about with this child? Well, here's the second thing to notice in this passage, the person of Christmas. Who's it about? Look at verse 23 there. It says, all this, uh, you were to give him the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's to be his name. God with us with us here in the sense that yes god's with us he's in our corner because he's for us in the person jesus but more than that he's literally god among us god that you can talk to god that you could hold in your hands as a baby god on our planet it's the babyhood of god see the life of jesus it is amazing the things that jesus taught and the miracles that he did were incredible Easter is amazing that that God in the person Jesus went to a cross and died, that he rose again. All of that is amazing, but Christmas is the greatest mystery of all, the most staggering thing, that God would become a man. As the words of that song said earlier, who would have dreamed or ever foreseen that we could hold God in our hands, the giver of life, born in the night revealing his glorious plan that is astounding amazing now let's be clear about what's happening here as we talk about God becoming man it's important to be clear this is subtraction by addition see when God the son became the man Jesus he didn't stop being God to do that The eternal God didn't become any less God when he became the human Jesus. That's not what happened. It was addition, it was subtraction by addition, by adding humanity to God. When my wife, Lyndall, married me, uh, the good news was that she had saved up like $1,000. This is a long time ago, we're very poor, but she saved up like $1,000. That was really good. Uh, The bad news was that I had $5,000 of debt. (laughs) And so when we got married, She didn't have to give away any of her money, she remained financially the same person she was but the addition of me (laughs) brought my debt with me as well and so adding me in was a subtraction. Jesus didn't empty himself of being God but he did add in all the frailty and weakness of being human. That is what was added to the Godhead. And so what does the incarnation, God taking on flesh, mean for us? Well, you'll hear in a moment that it's, it was God's plan to save us, the only way we could be saved. More on that in a minute. But I want us to recognize tonight as well that the incarnation of Jesus is an incredible model for us as well. One of the great passages that talk about the incarnation of Jesus is Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. And really it starts off with the application of this amazing thing he says in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as christ jesus who though being in very nature god made himself nothing becoming a man in your relationships with one another have the same mindset so jesus incarnation is the ultimate model of humility and service and so friends if you are a christian if you're jesus's person then we are called to go and do likewise. Now, Todd mentioned this earlier, but people talk about the Christmas spirit this time of year, acts of love and kindness and, and all that is, is very good. I'm all for the Christmas spirit. But friends, the Christmas spirit in reality really is just the Christian spirit. <laughs> it's not meant to be a thing that we crack out once a year at this time of year. It's actually meant to be our dna of who we are as as christians who follow jesus his incarnation is meant to be the model for how we live as we live lives spending our lives sacrificing for the co- for the cause of doing good to others in humility considering others needs above our own and so friends may that be the case all year round that would be those who live that way but in fact it is worth noting this even in this next couple of weeks isn't it the so christmas is great as we get together friends and family all that's very nice <laughs> but also it's actually a time that actually can be quite stressful for many people as we face strained family relationships and holidays with uh, family and, and friends and all, all the all the things that this season brings can actually be a be a cause for relational stress and strain and tension and so in this season i want to encourage you if you're a christian And be one who considers the needs of those around you and puts them above yourself imitate Christ's humility and service but here's the final thing why what was the ultimate reason for the incarnation well here's the third and final thing notice the purpose of Christmas so you see in the passage there's two names given to Jesus one is Emmanuel which means God with us the other is is Jesus but look at what it means verse 21 it says you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins the name Jesus I don't know if you knew this means God saves now what do we need saving from ourselves our own mess our own sin is the word this passage uses now I think sometimes the best gift you can ever get is a gift that you actually had no idea that you even needed. A few Christmases ago, I got given the gift of some AirPods, which is a small and, this is, this is a trite example, right? But to me, AirPods just seemed like a bit of an unnecessary. Who really wants to spend money on that? Who could be bothered? But I got given them as a present, and I probably wasn't a very nice receiver of that present, right? But actually, I gotta say, once I got rid of cords and started using AirPods, It was massive. It's probably the best present anyone's given me in a long time. I started listening to podcasts and audio books. It was really, really good. Sometimes the best gift is the gift you didn't even know you needed it because you didn't think that was the thing you even wanted. Now, it's just a small example. Jesus coming to save us from our sin is like that time's infinity. (laughs) This gift is huge. Nothing matters more that we can find forgiveness in Jesus. But the problem is, friends, most of us don't really even know what our greatest need is. We wander through life unaware of our deepest need but the claim of the Bible is that there is a real God who cares about this world. He cares about how we live in his world and he's going to hold us to account for how we've treated the people around us and particularly for how we've treated him. The song we're going to sing at the end, O Holy Night, it says, Jesus, he knows our need. To our weakness, he's no stranger. Friends, our great need is that without the Saviour, we will face an angry God because of our sin and rebellion against him. And so before we can come to him and find that grace from God, we need to recognize our need for forgiveness. That's what we saw in Steph's story earlier, wasn't it? She grew up believing that God was there and it's all sweet with him, but it wasn't until she understood her sin properly that she understood the need for Jesus' grace. And it came. she talked about how um, it, it rattled her coming to terms with her sin. That was a really big thing, a heavy thing, but alongside that was realizing God's grace to her in the person Jesus. The purpose of Christmas is that the saviour came for us but you'll only see the goodness of that when you realize your desperate need for forgiveness and so friends have you come to terms with that or are you a bit like steph was those years ago maybe dropping in and out of church believing in god maybe even praying to him but never even realizing what the deepest the biggest thing you should be praying to that god for Because your biggest need the prayer that you really need to pray is the prayer that says god i need your mercy i need your forgiveness so come to him with that burden of your sin and find forgiveness in the savior now how does jesus the savior save us well friends christmas is only good news because of easter the cross of jesus his resurrection on the cross jesus took our sin He died under the judgment of God in our place. Like one who steps in front of a bullet for another, he was our substitute. He died so that we could have forgiveness from the Savior. if you've not come to Jesus, then I want to urge you to do that. Come to him. Put your trust, put your faith in him as the only way you'll ever come to God. Recognize that he's done it for you. Trust him for it. And live for him as your king. Friends, If this news is all too familiar to you, if if, if you've heard this a thousand times, then tonight I want to encourage you, revel in this good news. Know the joy that you already knew when you walked in that door, the gladness and hope and joy. The first Christmas was not overhyped. Winning the World Cup's got nothing on this. This is next level good news for all humankind. We've got so much reason for joy as we celebrate even tonight. And so we're going to do that. We're going to celebrate together as we sing in a moment. I'm going to lead us in prayer and celebrate in that way as well. So I want to invite the band to come up. We're going to sing in a moment. But first of all, we'll pray to our good God. Let's do that. Well, our wonderful God, we thank you so much for your grace to us we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ we thank you for Christmas we thank you for the amazing thing it is that God would become man and live among us and go to a cross for us we thank you so much for Christmas we pray that we remember what this day is about that you would stir us even now to appreciate the enormity of what it is In your son's great and glorious name amen